in the same way that people aspire to be married. I want people to aspire to be a spinster. Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I have been counting down the days to have this conversation. I'm so excited to bring you the one and only Lucy Megason, who (laughs) I had the pleasure and honor of being on her incredible podcast, Spinsterhood Reimagined. If you haven't caught that, I'm going to link it in the show notes so you can go listen and also just check out the rest of her fabulous episodes. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for being here. Welcome. I'm so honored to have you. Oh gosh, Anna, you're so kind. And and frankly, I'm I'm honored to be here. So thank you so much for having me. I'm genuinely chuffed to be here. Well, we're we're flipping it around, aren't we? Because obviously you were on my podcast and now I'm on yours. So I hope I can deliver. (laughs) (laughs) I have no doubt you can. (laughs) Well, to start off, in case there are any listeners who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you through social media or on your own podcast or someone else's, because I know you've done some interviews with other podcasts. Could you tell us all a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I have just turned 47 about two weeks ago. <gasps> Congrats. Um, Happy uh, belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. My birthday is January the 1st. So it's a bit of a funny one, but actually I had a really, really lovely day completely on my own. I saw New Year in with my sister and her boyfriend and a couple of friends. It was very low key. It's funny having a New Year's Day birthday because it's like the double whammy of birthday and New Year's Day and beginning of the year. So I actually had the perfect day, just had some phone calls with friends, uh, you know, happy birthday phone calls, replied to some messages, opened some presents, went for a lovely walk by the river, sat down and did my like goals and intentions for the year, which is actually what I really wanted to do. And then I spent the evening um, eating amazing food and watching my favorite film, which is When Harry Met Sally. But I've gone on a complete tangent, but that is my idea of a perfect birthday. So I don't know what what, what that says about me, but... Anyway, so no, I am single and I don't have kids, funnily Ooh. enough, um, which is obviously why I'm here. But yeah, a bit of a crazy story I've had really. So I, to cut a very long story short, for many years, I worked for BBC Radio 2, which for any uh, listeners in the US who don't know what Radio 2 is, Radio 2 is basically the biggest radio station in the UK because music has always been and still is my absolute passion. So long story short, as I say, I worked there for many years and then I very randomly left quite suddenly because I was in a relationship at the time with a musician who I'd met through my job Mm -hmm. and it was a shit relationship and I was kind of looking for a way to get away. I hadn't found the courage to leave by that point and anyway I studied psychology at university and I'd always been really interested in the criminal mind funnily enough I nearly did forensic psychology but for reasons I won't bore you with I didn't end up doing that anyway so it just so happened around about this time when I was at Radio 2 the Metropolitan Police did a new scheme where you could enter directly as a detective And I had never wanted to be a police person ever. It it wasn't something I was remotely interested in. However, I was quite fascinated with the idea of being a detective. So I slightly crazily left my job at Radio 2 and this kind of career that I sort of worked so hard for wasn't quite in my kind of right mind at the time. And looking back, had I not been in that relationship, I'd probably still be at Radio 2, but then I wouldn't be here. So it's all good. But I went into this job, was a detective for about a year and a half, absolutely hated it with a passion, knew within about five minutes of arriving on my first day that it was just not the place for me. It was not my tribe. But I was kind of, you know, in denial going, 
fuck, I just left a really good career and all my friends and family probably think I'm bonkers already for having left and la, la, la. And anyway, I ended up leaving. Uh, well, I actually ended up getting signed off with stress by my GP. And it was the first time in my entire adult life that I'd had some time, like just time to kind of just be and sort of really ask myself, what the hell am I doing with my life? And I'd always, 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 from as long as I could remember, had a feeling in the back of my mind and my kind of my inner self and my sort of soul, my intuition had been for many, many, many years, even when I was at Radio 2, saying to me, there is something more for you. There is something more. You have not reached your potential. There is just, you could do more with your life. Like, what are you doing? And so I basically never went back <laughs> to that job. And I ended up um, leaving that job literally at the beginning of COVID, which was the craziest time to leave yet another job and another sort of career. But it was the best decision I ever made. And so I ended up getting a part-time job in a coffee shop where I still work to this day. And I also started cleaning my sister's house once a week just to basically give myself enough money to kind of live on, but sort of just start focusing on what I wanted to create for my for my life. And it was the sort of following summer where I'd been doing a hell of a lot of personal growth work. And I had never thought about doing anything to do with being single and childless. It just wasn't, you know, although I, I was both of those things by that point, because I subsequently left the relationship. And I was sitting outside, it was a beautiful summer's evening. And it was like I had a kind of a divine download from the universe just saying, you need to write a book about being single and child free. Because as I was sat there on this bench, I was reading through some WhatsApp messages with my kind of closest group of girlfriends who were all sort of talking about, you know, marriage and babies because they're all married with kids, la, la, la. And the thought that came to me rather than, oh, my God, I'm so depressed because all my friends are married with kids. All I could think was, holy shit, I'm just so freaking happy right where I am on my own without kids. And so I had this thought to write this book and I walked back into my flat and I sat down at my desk and I basically wrote like 40,000 words within about three months. And then I had the idea to start a podcast on the same subject. And that's what I did. And that is why I'm here. Was that a very, very long answer? <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> no, no, I love it. And there are so many parts that I want to pull out and ask you about, which tends to be what I hear people who interview you say. It's like, there's just so many questions. And I think that that's just a testament to how cool you are. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure I agree, but I'll take it. <laughs> so I guess that moment you expressed of feeling like you weren't living up to your potential and that sort of inner intuition had been there for a while. And then having that break that gave you that opportunity to step away and have more time to yourself. I resonate with that so much. There was a time in my life, and actually it was like a time when I was at, a, at also at like a, a very stressed out point. I don't think my confidence was very good at the time and, and my self-esteem was pretty low, but I too felt like there's got to be more than this. Like, I know I'm not like living up to my potential. And that took me down a road that ultimately led me here, which I'm so grateful for because I get to be sitting here talking with you. And yeah, same, same. <laughs> so I'm, I guess like, I'm curious, how did that evolve? How did you tune into that inner knowing and trust it? Do you know, it's funny because when I got signed off from the detective thing, it was funny because I remember sitting on this very sofa that I'm sitting on now. Because obviously at that point I was thinking, shit, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do with my life? And I remember I was sort of 
Googling potential jobs. And I did think about trying to go back to Radio 2, but that felt like um, it would have been a step back because I, you know, I'd walked away from that. So there was a, probably a part of me thinking that I felt like a bit of a dick if I was like, oh, hi, guys, can I come back? So I remember looking through various jobs and, you know, having various conversations with like my brother and my sister set. And I even thought about going back and studying forensic psychology and, you know, trying that whole thing again. But all the while, I just knew in my heart, I was like, I'm literally doing this. I'm sitting here Googling this out of fear. And I'm trying to convince myself that, oh, maybe I want to do that. Maybe I want to do that. And it wasn't even as if I knew what I wanted to do, but I just knew that those things were not where my heart wanted to go but I knew that I had to get a job to earn money to, to pay my mortgage and to put food in my mouth but what happened was with me it seems to be all about sitting on benches and having moments of like revelation so I was sat on another bench <laughs> <laughs> and this was very very shortly after I'd been signed off and in that moment I was on a bit of a high because purely because I at that point was still being paid so I kind of didn't have to worry immediately because I'd been signed off like for six weeks or whatever it was initially. And I just remember thinking to myself, this is it. Because for years, for years and years, I had sucked up the kind of doing the nine to five, living the life that you're expected to, you know, you go to school then you go to university and then you get the job and then you get the partner and then you get the mortgage and then you have da 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 and I'd kind of been sucking up a life that I'd always known wasn't enough as so many people do I would wager probably most people they just continue to push down their kind of inner knowing that there's something more and like I say although I didn't know what it was I made a choice right there on that second bench that I was never ever going to go back to a job that I did not give a shit about. I just, it's like, I just, I made a choice. I think basically the universe guided me because actually I tried something very random. I I did a course to learn how to become an Amazon seller. And, and this is kind of classic because it just goes to show that I was sort of, I was searching and really what I was searching for was freedom. That was really what I was searching for. So I thought, well, maybe I can make money through an Amazon business. And weirdly, on this Amazon course that I did, which in some ways might have been the biggest waste of uh, £5,000 of my entire life, don't even go there, I haven't told it to my mum that, she'd kill me. For a while, I felt really irritated because the Amazon business just went completely tits up. I didn't make any money. I kind of broke even. It just is really bloody hard. I wouldn't recommend it. But what it did do, as part of the course, we had these daily calls with this guy called John. They were kind of like inner work and sort of motivational, kind of, you know, getting the mindset right and all this stuff. And mindset was something I'd always been quite sort of focused on myself and always been quite aware of. So I started on this path of personal growth. And one of the first books I read was a book called The Miracle Morning by a guy called Hal Elrod. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's awesome. He's got a podcast called Achieve Your Goals. And off the back of that, I got into a five o'clock getting up routine. So that was the sort of start of that kind of personal growth journey. And I just ended up delving more and more and more and more into self-development, self-growth, personal growth, self-help, call it what you want. And that really then opens up the door to what I refer to as my spiritual awakening, which sounds really kind of wanky. And when you say that to people, they're like, oh, my God, you've lost the fucking plot. But I think if you end up going down a journey of personal development, it's kind of part and parcel with spirituality and just realizing that your thoughts create your reality and you can create the life that you want by really focusing on working on yourself, doing the inner work. And once you start feeling better in your head, everything starts changing. So that I have no doubt, it was that work that I'd done on myself that a year later, a thought suddenly came into my mind of, 
you need to write a book about being single and childless. So again, I've really done like the longest answer possible (laughs) question. I love that. And I'm curious, what have you found to be the most powerful shift you've experienced as you've more intentionally done your mindset work? So many powerful shifts. I mean, the podcast is about being single and child-free, but it's actually, there's a much bigger message which is that happiness does not come from somebody else. Happiness comes from ourselves. It is just the way it is. It is just a universal truth. We do not find true lasting happiness and peace and contentment and all of the things that we actually are all searching for. We don't find them in somebody else. We find them in ourselves. And of course, don't get me wrong, you know, I might fall in love tomorrow. I think it's highly unlikely, but you never know. And obviously one can get happiness through a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a baby. But ultimately the happiness that you find in things outside of yourself is only ever temporary. Mm. True, true peace really, 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 really does come from yourself. And and as you kind of work on yourself and and you realize this more and more you just feel better and better and better and better and better and more and more sort of content like where I am now for example genuinely I love being single and although I don't have kids you know I'm I'm very happy and I'm very content right where I am in my little studio flat with my cat even more of a spinster having a cat so that is that is the shift the shift is realizing that Well, number one, happiness comes from within. And number two, our minds are so much more powerful than most people realize. Mm -hmm. There are so many quotes we all know, kind of, oh, thoughts become things and what you think you become and blah, 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 blah. But I don't think that many people really, really believe that to be the case. But it really is the case. We have so much more power within ourselves and within our own minds than than many people realize. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It is so true. And I love your what you said there about happiness comes from within, not from another person or an external source, although it's so easy to, to search for it externally rather than internally. But it's so true. Like even if you have a partner and are happy in that relationship, you have no control over how long that partner is in your life or like a pet or anything that. So it really is the work of being at home in yourself. It really is because also, you know, whilst you, like you say, you know, you can be in a relationship and the relationship can be going great, but at the end of the day, ultimately you are living in your your own mind so even if you're in a relationship that that brings you happiness in a relationship that's working that is a good relationship if you're not good within yourself that that will come through no matter how great the relationship you know a relationship can't sustain you you have to sustain you that's really it yeah absolutely and thinking of the work that you're doing you know your podcast is called spinsterhood reimagined which i love because right spinsterhood it almost universally has a negative connotation oh yeah um, and i think of the the women that i know like yourself like i have a sister who is intentionally single and child free and i admire you so much for that because to me it's not fitting yourself into the roles you were told to fill. And I think that there is so much strength and just, I have so much respect for that. And, you know, I think it's really something to be celebrated, not to be judged or, or ashamed of. Okay. Back to your work. What is that reimagining of spinsterhood that you envision? Well, I think, you know, it's funny because just before I'd launch the podcast or well in fact it wasn't just for it was when I'd made the decision to start the podcast because I started the podcast it's been going for almost exactly a year it was February the 22nd 22222 or rather oh, in, in the UK we would say 22222 but 22222 to you guys and I decided in the November slash December before it started in February that I was going to do it 
And I was walking along the river with one of my best friends, Claire, who, who actually was one of my guests on the podcast right at the very beginning. She's also a spinster. Mm-hmm. And I told her that I was going to use the word spinster you know, spinsterhood in the title. And I remember Claire being like, oh God, but it's just, I just have such a problem with that word. And I was like, me too. I mean, you know, everybody does because it's just a flipping awful word. But I said to her, you know, that's why I want to use it because it needs to be reclaimed. It needs to be reimagined. I'm like freaking determined to make that word something that people, in the same way that people aspire to be married, I want people to aspire to be a spinster. And one thing I will just clarify right now is that I don't come from a place of, I think we should all be single forever and like, you know, spinsterhood forever. And we should all try, you know, that should be our aim. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to do in answer to your question is help women realize that ultimately we have one very short, very precious life. So let's freaking enjoy it whatever our situation and more than that like it's so possible to be very happy and very content on your own and without kids and what I sort of say is it's sort of irrelevant whether or not you end up in a relationship down the line you know I always say to people I'd pretty much guarantee that at some point I'll have another boyfriend I mean I've had boyfriends my whole sort of adult life but the point is that where I am in my head and where I am in my heart, it makes no difference to me either way because I'm happy either way. So that's one of the main things that I'm trying to put out there. And the other thing is that I want to tell the world, I want to tell the world that, you know, being single and not having kids is equally valid, equally valuable, equally fabulous, equally great. You know, whatever path you you happen to walk down in life, there are always going to be great bits. There are always going to be shit bits. There's always going to be darkness and light, whether you're married with kids or whether you're single without. So the point is that I, I sort of want to put forward the arguments, if that's the right word, that being single and not having kids, being a spinster is on an equal footing as being in a relationship. Because, you know, as you and I both know, or as you know, most people would probably admit at the moment, although I think things are changing, I think there is a bit of a movement happening at the moment, getting into a relationship and having kids it is what is celebrated in our society, not being single and not having kids. Um, it's very much seen that, you know, if you're kind of a, like me, if you are a woman of a certain age, and because I'm now 47, I would say I'm pretty much definitely in that certain age bracket. Um, you know, you've somehow failed or you're somehow less than. But I don't believe that. And I'm not just saying that. I, I genuinely don't believe that because I'm living it. So I know from my own experience and I also believe that if I'm living it, then there are others out there who are also living it. And I know that now for a fact, just purely from guests that I've had on the podcast, not to mention the number of listeners who've contacted me and said, oh my God, you are literally reading my mind. So, yeah. 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 I agree. I believe that it is, how did you put it? It is valid and honest. kind of just as good. It's just different. It's just, yeah. it's, you know, they're two different paths. One isn't better than the other and one isn't worse than the other. They're just two different paths. And yeah. Right. Right. Like, you know, okay. So take me, for example, I am someone who is currently married and child-free and there are parts that I know in my life, I, areas I would work on if I were living alone, like, let's see. So in my experience right now, um, my husband, the fact that I'm married to him and he has the higher earning job, like it has allowed me to do what I'm doing to like step away from the nine to five. And that's like a real cushy spot to be in. But if I weren't in this relationship, you know, I would be pushed to maybe work a little harder or figure things out that I'm like not doing in this 
moment. That's not the analogy I, I think I wanted to make. I'm not sure. But, but I know like- I know what you mean, though. I, I, I know what you mean. And, and the way that I'm hearing that or the way I'm sort of interpreting that is that when you're single, you kind of get to sort of do things and work things out and kind of live in a way that you just simply don't when you're a part of a couple because you sort of there are certain things that you don't necessarily have to do or you're not required to do because you've got someone who can sort of catch you when you fall. Whereas when you're single, I suppose you have to, you know, it, it's all got to come from you. And, and but I, I mean, I really look on that as a huge opportunity. And this is one of the things that I bang on about on the podcast is the fact that single women are really fortunate in, in many ways that they are afforded the time to be able to do that work on themselves and really find out what what their purpose is on this planet, you know, what lights them up and what do they really like doing. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, to have the time to be able to do that in a work, it it means everything to me anyway. It it really is so, so great and it's such an opportunity. So I think that, you know, people can forget that, there are many, many, many advantages of being single and not having kids and many, many benefits, but people don't tend to focus on those things. People are too sort of distracted by thoughts that we're kind of losing out all these sorts of scarcity and lack thoughts. Well, you lack a boyfriend and you lack a baby. Yeah. But what do I gain because of that? People forget that there is another side to the story, you know? Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. You definitely (laughs) more uh, succinctly made the point that I was trying to. Yeah. (laughs) There is so much opportunity in being single and child-free and what that means you can do with your time. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'll tell you something going on to the whole child that, you know, not having kids thing, because obviously that's what this podcast is about. I'm sorry, listeners, I've been banging on about the whole single thing. Um, But one thing I got, I can't remember if I told you this when you came on my podcast, but I got a kitten in the summer, in July. Johnny, right? Johnny, yes, well remembered. And it's so funny. And actually, I went through a real moment because I mean I grew up my family we had a dog and a cat and various other animals I grew up in the country but one of our cats was was actually officially my cat and and I loved him so 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 much and I was absolutely devastated when he died I was like 19 at the time but I've always kind of considered myself to be a cat person rather than dog person but I'd never thought about getting a cat not least because I live in a studio and but don't worry he's an outdoor cat he goes outside so that's okay I basically decided to get a cat because one of my neighbor slash friends who lives in this in another flat in the building that I live in through her she knew someone who had a cat that had kittens da 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 and I kind of went yeah okay fine I'll do it and I didn't really think to be quite frank my podcast takes up literally every spare moment of my life when I'm not working so I didn't really kind of do the research and put you know, very much thought into it. And then before I knew it, I was like, shit, I'm getting a kitten in a week. It's like 11, 10, 11, 12 week or whatever he was at the time. It was such a shock to my life to have an actual being that I was responsible for. And yes, he's a kitten. Well, he's now nearly a cat. Um, I don't quite know what defines it, but he's less than a year. So I'm going to say he's ne- he's still a kitten-ish. Um, but I had a real wobble in the first month of getting him. And I, when I say wobble, I mean, I was in tears with my sister going, oh my God, what have I done? Even to the point where she even said, look, if, if it's not for you, you can always give him away. Um, and I was like, oh my God, but I can't, but I can't. So I'm obviously saying this because just having a kitten has shown me how suddenly my independence is not what it was. Mm. And I have to think about this cat now, you know, eight, nine months down the line. I've had him, well, whatever it is, I've had him since July. I'm literally obsessed. Like I'm I'm literally obsessed. And and I, I mean, I I'm such a loser the way that I talked to this cat and this I mean, I literally talked to him like he is my child. I mean, it's really quite tragic. I mean, talk about the definition of a spinster, but anyway. Um <laughs> 
I love him so much that now I can't imagine life without him. But my life really changed getting a kitten. And hence, I was drawn to actually do a freaking episode saying, guys, we're so lucky to not have kids because I just got a kitten. And oh my God, my life has been turned upside down. And suddenly I can't just walk out the house and do what exactly what I want when I want. La, 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 la. So it's funny how it's just made me go, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we adopted our dog, I had a wobble as well. I I was in tears. I mean, I did not know how to handle him. It was really challenging. And, and now I totally adore him. I also talk to him as if he is my kid. And <laughs> this is a tangent. But Grant and I are working with a financial planner and he has us using this budgeting software. And so I was going through because we can dump all our credit cards in there and then it it categorizes it for us or it tries to. And so at the start, I was switching things that it didn't get quite right. And there was no like pets category. So I put everything for Tuco as kids. <laughs> Did you? Brilliant. Yeah. But essentially, that's what he is, right? Yeah. He yeah. is. He's our little <laughs> dependent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So all of you out there listening who don't have either a pet or a child, count yourself bloody lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it really does make travel harder. Like you said, it really kind of infringes on that independence. Yeah, it yeah. really does. Okay. So I think I've heard you express in in some other interviews that you've done that when you entered your 40s or maybe you talked about it even when you interviewed me but for the first time in your life you felt broody yeah and yet hearing you talk I've also heard you say but like you know in terms of like biology sure your body was telling was giving those signals but on a personal like value or knowing what you want for your life kids still weren't it am I correct in yeah yes absolutely I so appreciate your honesty and transparency about that because it really is so helpful to hear because I hear a lot of child-free women express a fear of regret right like we're we're told we'll regret it and to know that okay even if one day I am all of a sudden like interested in babies like I never was before that might be natural. That might just be, you know, our bodies doing their thing. And we don't have to, we can still prioritize what we want in our life. You know, yeah. it's not a sign that we've made the wrong choice. Totally. And it's funny thinking about that word regret. I mean, I, it's funny, isn't it? How people are like, oh my God, you know, what if you regret it? What if you regret it? And actually one of the things I've never worried about is regretting it. Never. Honestly, I, I just, I do not see myself regretting not having kids. I just don't live my life like that. Mm. Um, and also, I think, you know, I don't know what people sort of think is going to happen if you don't have kids. Like, it's not as if every kid kind of lives in the next street to their parents and is kind of round every week. It's such a strange concept to me and something I've really never worried about. And in fact, it's only really ever come to mind when someone's gone, well, have you never thought that you might regret it? But for me, I, I basically was never one of those girls who was driven or motivated by being a mother or the want, the desire to be a mother. But I did always assume that I would be. But what was interesting was that as I went through my kind of 20s and 30s, my friends started, you know, getting married and having babies, I had sort of three or four longish term boyfriends who I could have married and had kids with, but I'm not talking about my most recent ex, by the way, because he's a different category entirely. But the ones before that, several of them, um, it probably would have gone down that road. But for whatever reason, I didn't feel like that was the right relationship for me. I just didn't feel like I was ready to commit. So I actually walked away and even though I was by that point sort of in my kind of early, mid, late 30s, obviously the desire for me to have a baby just wasn't that major because otherwise I might have gone, oh, do you know what? Like, because those boyfriends that I'm referring to are completely 
lovely, lovely, lovely guys. I mean, they really are. Had I really, really felt in the kind of core of my being that I was meant to be a mother or I just had to be a mother, then I would have, could have made it happen. I could have even made it happen when I was on my, you know, in one of my periods of being single. The the irony was that I'd gone through my life going, fuck is this broody thing that everyone's going like what I just I, I've never felt it I don't know what it I don't know what it means I just I don't know what it feels like I just don't get it yeah I think I'll have kids but you know somewhere down the line it'll happen blah 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 when it happens and then pretty much when I hit 40 it was like a kind of a juggernaut that just came into my life out of the blue and it was as if my body was just screaming at me. And actually, I've, I'm not going to lie, in the last couple of years, the bro- the feelings of broodiness that I have and still am experiencing are, they are intense. They are intense. And actually, it, it, it's quite timely because literally, the beginning of this week, I was at work in the coffee shop. And I didn't even know when I got into work that day. But, but for some reason, we had this big group of mums coming in with their babies. I mean, I work in a coffee shop where we get loads of mums with babies all the time. And actually the one and only time when I, I don't even want to use the word struggle because it's not struggle, where it becomes an issue is when I am faced with babies or toddlers. But anyway, this one day at the beginning of this week, we literally had like a party of 17 mothers and babies. Oh my gosh. Yeah, who came and kind of took over half the coffee shop. And literally, I was like, oh, my God, I can't even handle this. But, and it is a big but, yes, there is that physiological, biological part of me that feels that yearning and feels that ache and literally wants to kind of grab the babies in the coffee shop and just go, oh, my God, can I just just hold you for five minutes? I just like to add that I've never actually done that. I've never actually <laughs> grabbed a random baby in the coffee shop and sort of, you know, tried to steal it. But for me, it's very much been a, a very physical feeling. But in my my mind and in my brain and in my kind of my soul, I know that if I had a baby right now in my life, all of my plans for what I what I want my life to look like would be out of the window. That isn't to say that I wouldn't love it to pieces. And quite frankly, the way that I love Johnny, I think I could love the shit out of a baby um, <laughs> as, as you know, as I'm sure anyone could. But but I know that where I see my life going, there isn't room for a baby. And the thing that I want to say to anyone who's listening to this, who is feeling low about it, feeling down about it, feeling sad about it. The one and only way to deal with it is to refocus your attention and reframe it because we all have a choice. If I wanted to, I could allow myself to really go down that road. I could allow myself to really indulge those feelings and do things that were going to make me feel worse and and dwell on it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But instead, I choose to focus on the positives. And that isn't to say that the positives I'm kind of having to sort of find, Okay, well, let's find some positives about this entirely negative situation. No, 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 no. The positives are very much as obvious as the negatives. It's just a question. It's like anything in life. We have a choice to reframe it. We have a choice in terms of what we want to see, in terms of what we want to think, in terms of how we want to feel. So whilst on the one hand yes I have my body kind of you know my womb is like ah the rest of me is like no so that's kind of where it is so but I really truly feel so passionately about this and actually it is possible to almost kind of I kind of laugh about it I kind of giggle about it like I have this joke in the coffee shop where and I work with a load of really young people, as you can imagine, in a coffee shop. I mean, everyone I work with is like freaking 20 something. <laughs> and there I am, like the 47 year old broody menopausal woman. And so I just choose to kind of, when I'm feeling that rather than going, oh my God, this is so awful. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm feeling so broody. This is a nightmare. But but in a kind of, you know, you can be lighthearted about it. You don't have to be heavy about it. Because my feelings of broodiness are no less than anyone else's feelings of broodiness. Well, actually, I don't know that because I don't know how other people feel. But you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. 
I'm a woman, the same as any other woman. And I think what I'm trying to say is that it is possible for people who are perhaps currently feeling very, very, very negative about it and going down that road, it is possible to shift the focus and make it lighter and focus on all the fabulous things. Because I genuinely mean it when I say that although I do have physical feelings, having a baby simply does not go with the vision that I have of what I want for my life. And that's great, you know? Right. Yeah. And thank you for, again, being so transparent about this, because I think it is a really important part of the conversation that might be more difficult to be honest about. And to paraphrase what a recent guest, Margaret O'Connor of Our Kids For Me, she said something in our conversation about as humans, we really struggle sometimes to allow ourselves or to recognize that yes, we can feel two things at once, even if they seem to be competing. So like we can be sad and happy at the same time. And I think that translates to this, like we can feel broody or these urges to want a baby and also know that that isn't right for us. Yeah. And that we still want a child-free life. Yeah, absolutely. There are many, many, many things that I would have liked to have done with my life or potentially, you know, would still like to do to do with my life, but I might not. Funnily enough, I've always wanted to live in the States for as long as I can remember, like literally, but I don't and I haven't yet. <laughs> I'm going to put, I'm going to add a yet to that because you never know. But what I'm trying to say is there are so many things that any one of us could have done, might have done, but didn't do for whatever reason. And it doesn't have to mean everything, you know? It doesn't have to mean everything. And I think that's really important to bear in mind when it comes to those women who haven't had kids, particularly obviously those women that haven't had kids, not by choice. But I think sometimes it helps to think of it as not the same, but similar to any other thing that we might have wanted to have done with our lives. And actually, you know, if we think about it, we might have a bit of a wistful moment, but we're not necessarily going to allow it to keep us down long term because it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. Yeah. And I love like this all ties back to what you're passionate about, which is mindset. And really, you know, I think knowing ourselves, taking the time to get to know ourselves and to build up those tools and skills to navigate these times where we might feel conflicting feelings. And and like you said, reframe or remind ourselves of the equally valid positives of continuing the choice that feels aligned with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. It's, it's just all about mindset. It, it, it really truly is. Yeah. Um, and I get that that can be hard to hear if you're not in that place and there are probably people shouting at their uh, phones or however they're listening to this going fucking hell but it is possible I believe for for anyone to shift their mindset to start seeing anything differently yeah pretty much anything you know obviously there are terrible things that happen to people but putting those things aside mindset and having ownership of your thoughts and and also one thing I have said before and I do feel quite strongly about this is that I think as human beings we can have a tendency to be victims and have a victim mentality and I absolutely used to be that person you know how many years ago it was very much you know, oh, well, it's because that happened to me or why haven't I got that because of that? And it's that person's fault or that situation's fault and sort of look for other things to blame as if life is happening to you and you're just kind of sat there like with things happening to you in that sort of victim mode. But God, I feel passionately about this. We have to learn to get out of a victim mode and realize that we we are in control. We are in control of the circumstances of our lives to a certain extent, and we can take ownership because who wants to be a victim? Nobody really does. And we all can, we've all been there, we've all done it. And I think many people live their lives in that space. But I think it is important to 
maybe ask yourself honestly if if you are sitting in that space of victimhood and and if you are then if you're honest with yourself about that then maybe start looking to kind of try and shift out of that and just the first step to it is like with anything in life the first step is awareness it's all about awareness we have to become aware of how we are affecting ourselves you know yeah absolutely and I think I want to plug if it's okay on your website you actually have a pdf download of top 10 mindset tips I do. Yes, I do. Thank you for the plug. Yeah. So yeah. You, can, you can sign up to my website and just literally by sort of signing. Yes, the catch is that you have to sign up, but don't worry. I don't even do a newsletter at the moment. I will eventually, but I don't at the moment because I don't have time. But um, if you sign up to my website, then you get my top 10 mindset tips, yeah. which which all I, I stand by. And I, and I talk about, you know, these things over and over and over and over again, because I think apart from anything else, when it comes to all of these, you know, mindset things and all these things that we could and I think should be doing to improve the way that we think and the way that we feel and therefore the way that we see the world and therefore the results that we get, I don't think you could hear enough times. I think that so often, you know, we need to hear the same thing 5,027 times before the penny actually drops. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I could not agree more. <laughs> At least for me. <laughs> yeah, me I need too. it repeated. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like affirmations are that thing that's coming at me right now. I've not really ever done affirmations, but they're in your mindset. Yeah, yeah they are. They are. And then oh my God. I have another friend, Nikki, who is really into affirmations. And then I feel like there was another spot. Oh, a book I'm reading right now on boundaries. But yeah, I feel like the universe is like, Anna, you need to do affirmations. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot tell you how much affirmations have changed my life. Mm. I listen to them every morning. I've recorded affirmations in my own voice. It's better to say them out loud, but... I personally, I try and sort of pack enough into my morning routine. It just sort of is a bit of, I'm sort of cutting corners, but listening to affirmations every day without doubts has had a huge effect on my mindset because it literally reprograms your subconscious. If you're listening to these things every day and I listen to them first thing when I get out of bed, when your brain is in that really receptive alpha beta wave or whatever whichever wave whichever brain wave is the one that I'm trying to think of if you listen to affirmations when you just get out of bed they seep into your subconscious much easier and and there's kind of no excuse because it takes five minutes you can literally record affirmations in your own voice and it's really good to record them in your own voice because your subconscious obviously recognizes your own voice more than anything else in fact if you want when you get the mindset tips, you can email me and I, I've recorded five or six minutes worth of affirmations. I've done one version saying, I am worthy, I am amazing, I am awesome or whatever. And then another version saying, you are worthy, you are da 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 So basically, if you want some affirmations to listen to, then I can provide. <laughs> yes. And who doesn't want them in your voice? You have an amazing <laughs> voice. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. All right. Listeners, get your mindset tips and then you will be invited to reply to Lucy's email to then get her affirmations as well, which I know because I've done (laughs) (laughs) such a gift. That's so generous of you to put that out there for for anyone who wants it. Thank you. (laughs) I wanted to also highlight from your website that you support individuals who want to upgrade their spinster mindset, I think, as you wrote it. Exactly. How can people work with you? And what does that look like? Well, I so I did I did do a six week course uh, at the end of last year, but I'm currently doing one to one coaching. So I'm really it's essentially about the things that I've been talking about on this podcast. And also what I do do is I I give people a free 30 minute Zoom as like a taster session. So if anyone's interested in in getting coaching to essentially feel better and feel more positive about being single and not having kids and ultimately learn that they can feel awesome all by themselves, 
you can absolutely have a 30 minute Zoom with me, which is free, just to see whether you like my style or you don't. And the best way to sort of um, do that or just arrange that is just to to either DM me on Instagram and I'm at spinsterhood reimagined or um, just send me an email. And my email address is lucy at lucymegason.com, which is lucy with a Y, L-U-C-Y at Lucy Megason. And Megason is spelt M-E-G-G-E-S-O-N. Thank you for that. I will also put that in the show notes so people can copy and paste or go directly to that. Um, Thanks, Anna. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for this conversation and for the work that you do. And I know that with your book, you've had a development where a publisher reached out. So (laughs) do you have a a time frame? I know originally you were going to self-publish actually next month, but now that is... I know up in the air or do you have it? Oh gosh. Well, it's it basically, I was approached by, um, yeah, by a a big publisher in September and to cut a very long story short, I'm kind of now doing a new proposal for a very different book because when they approached me, they had an idea of kind of what they wanted anyway. So I, so, so the long and short of it is that, I don't know which way that will go. Either way, at some point, I will be putting a book out there for sure. But time for it, I mean, I think it's going to be at least um, at least another year. But a year goes bloody quickly. Yes. Um, so I would, I would hope. But yes, I did sort of put what I've already written kind of on hold. And, and obviously, parts of that book will go into the new book but that's that's where I'm at <laughs> that's a really vague not particularly helpful answer but <laughs> the website and I'll keep you posted <laughs> yeah and congrats that's a big deal to be approached by a publisher and well deserved yeah well thank you I mean I nearly fell off my chair to be quite honest I feel like I manifested it because it's something that I something I really want so watch this space we'll see (laughs) yes oh well I cannot wait and yeah thank you so much for this conversation and taking the time to be on the podcast with me I really appreciate it you are so welcome thanks so much Anna it's lovely to talk to you thank you so much for listening to this episode and if you haven't already please consider sharing rating and reviewing this podcast. This is how we reach more people. And in doing so, that's how we break the stigma. I would really appreciate your support in that and helping this podcast reach more listeners. And if you're someone who is struggling with any aspect of your child-free life, head over to my website and book your free clarity call. We'll talk about how you can start living your best child-free life with intention and purpose today.